0: Let's jump right in. I'm going to be a little bit pressed for time, but I'm used to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus came uh, introducing. We're talking about the centrality of Jesus. Jesus came teaching and delivering the Holy Spirit to us. Um, you know, He taught truth. He taught God as our Father. All those things that uh, we've looked at. kingdom is accessible, but right now we're looking at the Holy Spirit. He taught and delivered the Holy Spirit. Your uh, word activation for this week is 1 Corinthians 2:14 through 16. We love hearing from you and we love to utilize scripture to help people hear the voice of the Lord. Very important. We uh don't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Amen. John 16:7 Nevertheless Jesus said I tell you the truth it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not leave the helper will not come to you, but if I depart I will send him to you. And you may wonder well, why is he called the helper? Because you need help. <laughs> That's why. We all we all need help. But why is it better that he go go away? Because the plan was never just remission of sin. The plan was intimate indwelling. Well, I'm gonna say it again. Why did Jesus say it's better that I leave? Because the plan was never just to die for your sin and remove it. The plan was intimate indwelling. That the Spirit of God would come and take up residence on the inside of you. How about full immersion in the Spirit of God? And then eternal life. The very life of the Son, the life of God, Zoe life, uh, lives on the inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, as we've looked at Luke eleven twenty, is the very finger of God. He is the the personal touch of God on your life in this realm. Touching your, your heart, your mind. Uh, out of Hebrews chapter 8, actually writing. The Holy Spirit writes on your heart and mind every day. Your instruction. You don't have to make your own plans. He'll write it out for you and lead God and direct you and why is that important? Because like I said, you need help. If you don't take your instructions from Him, you might make your own plans. And that could be problematic. <laughs> it, it is problematic, isn't it? So we've been purposing here last month to very innocently take our preconceived ideas of the Holy Spirit, put those to the side and say, Lord, would you teach us who the divine person of the Holy Spirit is. We want to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Because He gave you God the Son. To be Emmanuel, God is. But He gave you God the Holy Spirit so He could be God in you. God's very presence and person on the inside of you. Now, 1 Corinthians does say, and it's widely misused, But 1 Corinthians does say that tongues will pass away, prophecy will pass away, knowledge will pass away. Guess what Guess what won't pass away? Your relationship with the Holy Spirit. John 14, He'll abide with you forever. So we're talking about even 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We've got the love of the Father, the grace of the Son of God, and the koinonia, close intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't believe that uh tongues and knowledge and all that has passed away right now. Knowledge exploded uh, when the Scripture came. Because there are people that interpret that. Well, once the Bible was written, we don't need any of that. Oh, my goodness. No wonder we're in the mess we're in. We can't interpret Scripture without the Holy Spirit. Nobody knows the things of God without the Spirit of God. So if knowledge is still here, well, then tongues is still here. It's pretty, pretty deductive reasoning. Um, another one Matthew 3:11 I put them up here for you Matthew 3:11 Mark 1:8 Luke 3:16 John 1:33 Acts chapter 1 verse 5 all say something along these lines John baptized with water under repentance Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit Jesus came delivering to us life in the Spirit full immersion in the Spirit of God. This is a major part of His assignment. It's in all four Gospels plus the book of Acts. It's five times in the Bible. This same phraseology, it might be important. And that's why I'm telling you, if you have a Christianity that, that stops at remission of sin and you just feel empty, you miss the Gospel. Remission was the precursor to filling. Because the goal was never just remission. It was intimate indwelling and filling. That God wanted to fill you with Himself. How wild is that? God wants to fill you with Himself. That's how forgiven you are. That's how adequate Christ's sacrifice is. God's not taking up residence in any human being unless they're pure and holy. Now, don't think in the flesh. Think in the Spirit. Your Spirit is where He's housed. Your spirit is pure as the wind-driven snow. Your spirit is never sinned and never will sin because it's one with Jesus Christ's spirit right now. Look at the Old Testament tabernacle. Outer court, ho- holy place, and then holy of holies. Where did the spirit of God dwell? In the holy of holies. Okay, so your spirit, man, is signed, sealed, and delivered. You're already one with him. He's in there. That's how forgiven you are. Your soul and your body, like your outer court, is under construction. Needs help. John chapter 1, verse 29. John the Baptist was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets, according to Jesus. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin, singular, the sin of the world. Verse 33. And He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost. He'll immerse you in spirit life right there within four verses Jesus assignment mm-hmm. but we have too many that live empty lives as Christians because they stopped with remission of sin and didn't understand the gospel was infilling the life of God on the inside of us the life of who God. Romans six twenty three says the wages of sin is death but the gift of, gift of who God. the gift of God who Who did He give you? Himself. He gave you Himself. You, When you got born again, you got the gift of... You didn't get intellectual salvation. Oh, I I signed a card. I must be a Christian now. Oh, my God. No wonder. 70% of Americans say they're Christian and the world looks the way it does. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of... How much must He love you to give you the gift of Himself? I'll never forget when I was working so hard to get God to love me and get God to heal me and get God to fix me. And He interrupted me and He said, Steve, when I came inside of you to live, what did you not get? Why are you working so hard in religious things to get me to give you something that you already have. And because He's in us, we lack for no good thing. Amen? So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 2. This is where we left off last week. I didn't get very far, so I'll recap for you. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. What we're talking about is, Holy Spirit, would you, would you show us who you are? We want to get to know you. We've heard a lot about God the Father in church. We've heard a lot about God the Son in church. How about God the Holy Spirit? We want to get to know you. So as it's written, Paul says, Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor is entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Well, I guess we can't know God then. No, not true. The, The next verse says, But God has revealed them. But the first point is the Holy Spirit tells you what God has prepared for you. He has plans for you, Jeremiah 29:11, 20, Ephesians 2:10. God has a path that He wants you to walk in, so you don't have to make your own plans and guess whether He likes them or not. You can actually ask the Holy Spirit for the plan. And then uh, verse 10, God has revealed these things, these deep things to us, through His spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I decree and declare over every one of you the deep things of God, that you will not be shallow Christians. I speak over you depth and width and height and breadth of understanding of the things of God. Amen? You receive it? I speak that over you. We are not shallow Christians because we know the Holy Spirit. We listen to the Holy Spirit who searches out The very deep things of God. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man that's in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. He helps you know God and the things of God. We have no hope of knowing God apart from the Spirit of God revealing Himself to us. You can't even be like God without God. Adam and Eve tried it. That was the temptation, right? Whose image were they made in? God's image. And then Satan said, well, if you'll eat of this tree, you'll be like who? They already were like him. What he asked them to do was declare independence from God and do it on your own. And religion was born. Nobody knows the things of God but the Spirit of God. You know, if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 8... Paul is talking right right ahead of this passage. Paul's talking a lot about, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech. You know, and all these, uh, these powerful words of man's intellect. I'm not convincing you by the intellectual human mind. He said, I'm delivering this to you by the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. The whole reason you can see truth is because of the Spirit. And that's what this little excerpt is all about, is the necessity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then let's go to the fourth one, 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who's from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So when the Lord arrested me and said, Steve, what did you not get when I came in you to live? He took me to this scripture. Why don't you let the Holy Spirit show you everything that's already yours instead of you trying to earn everything? Romans 4.4 4 says, to him who works for God and tries to earn everything, the blessings in life are not counted as grace but as, as obligation, as debt. Like God owes you something because you, you perform so well. How many of you think we probably shouldn't say, give us what we deserve, oh God? <laughs> I dance the dance. Give me what I deserve. Look at that. Holy Spirit shows us Tells us everything God's already provided for you in Christ. Let's start listing some things. When you got Christ, what did you get? I'll give you the. I'll give you first one: righteousness. What else? Life. You got life. Amen. That you had not possessed before. Freedom. Okay. What else? Adopted, Adopted. accepted. What'd you say? Godliness. I love that. God likeness. Sorry, what was it? Joy. Joy, Joy unspeakable an in- and full of glory. Howard, you got one? Peace. Peace that's exactly right. We got, an inheritance. We got a, an inheritance. Guess what we do as trustees with our inheritance? Where, where's Bill LaPatch? He's he still here? At summer. He's on security. All right. Keep us safe, Bill. <laughs> Yesterday at Prayer Shield, Bill was talking about this very thing. As trustees, we don't hoard the inheritance, we distribute it. <laughs> so all the love that you have so freely, guess what you should do? Share it. All the, all the joy that Howard's talking about, all the peace that Howard's talking about, what should you do? What should you do? Share it. You're a trustee. Distribute it. Amen. Give it all away. Touch your neighbor and say, give it all away. I was visiting with a a gentleman who's new around Grace Church. He said, I've been in church most all my life. I've never heard anything like this. And I said, Brother, welcome to life from Christ and not for Him. That's the difference. We're living life from Him. We're with Him. He's in us. We're doing this together. This is not us dancing the dance separate from Him somehow. Why is that, Brother Steve? Because when we got born again, we got the gift of God. (laughs) Amen. So we're loved. We're forgiven. How many of you as part of your inheritance got complete forgiveness? Past, present, and future. How many of you know there should be evidence of that? You should be quick to forgive. I mean, it's just... It just makes sense. How can I, who've been forgiven of eternal damnation and separation from God, everything I've ever done, the, the certificate of debt, Colossians says, has been wiped out by Christ. And we're going to go around and say, Hey, you owe me 20 bucks. Hey, I don't deserve to be treated like that. You better apologize. You owe me an apology. And we start creating debt. And every, Why are you creating debt? You've got fullness. All, all your debt is paid. So just remember when you're tallying up the certificate of debt on everybody else that yours has been wiped clean by Jesus Christ personally. Brother Steve, what are you saying? Well, I'm saying in simplicity that we live by what's been supplied. We're not living by demand. We're living by supply. So the Lord really is our shepherd and we don't lack for anything. Here's a good confession for you every day, every morning. Just say the truest thing about me is what God says about me. And then go down the list. Well, I'm righteous. I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed. I'm pure. I'm accepted in the Beloved. I'm a child of God. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God. It's a great confession. Say it out loud. Kayla was talking about the power of declaration. Don't sit there and let the enemy beat your brains in with all kinds of demonic thoughts and torment. Speak the Word. Jesus did in Matthew 4. Great segue, Holy Ghost. How many of you know in Matthew 4, the devil offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world? That was a real offer. That wasn't fake. That was a real offer. Because he says right here, we have not received the spirit of the world. See, God so loves the world, but he doesn't love the spirit of this world. Now the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen? It all belongs to him. But there's a spirit. There's a system. There's a program, if you will, of Luciferianism, self-centeredness, Greed and pride and it's all about me that works within the world system. That's why First John 2.15 says, Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anybody loves this world, the love of the Father is not in them. So we love the world, and I'm talking about the people, because everybody is somebody for whom Jesus died. Always remember that. And the fact that they can't see what you see, you know, how were you before you met Jesus. And He put a new set of eyeballs on you. Amen, Amen, Scott? (laughs) Let's go to number five. Short on time today. First Corinthians 2.13, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. We compare spiritual things with spiritual things. So the Holy Spirit teaches you spiritual things instead of what man's wisdom has to say. America is in a mess because of man's wisdom. We need politicians that are born again filled with the Holy Ghost, man. Right? That's what we need. We need, up in Washington, we need Democrats and Republicans washing each other's feet. We need a revival in the worst way. I mean, all they can do is intellectually argue with each other's policies. And then sometimes I think they're on the same team. You know, I just think. (laughs) They like to pass laws that don't apply to them. (laughs) Keep the brotherhood going. But I'm telling you, politics won't save our country. And if all your hope's in a politician, you're greatly deceived. The hope for America is the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the real hope for America, the government of God, the government. Isaiah 9 will be upon his shoulders, right? A child is is born and a son has been given. That's the hope for America is that every human being would come under the the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so he makes us spiritual people. I love that. Well, I don't know if I ought to say that, Lord. All right, <laughs> you talked me into it, Bruce. Talked me into it. If you identify more with a Republican Party or a Democratic Party than you do with Jesus Christ, you're part of the world system. I'm not saying we don't vote, and I get it—you got to apply for one or the other, and all that stuff. I get. It. Or you can be independent. Or uh, what's the one that wants the government out of most everything? What are they called? Libertarian. Libertarian. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I want the Lord's government. You know, the more the more Christ governs the individual, the less civil government we'll ever need. Well, why is the government getting so big? Because fewer and fewer people are being governed here. That's why. Because you've got to have a law. Um, but anyway, yeah, you don't want to identify more with a political party than you do with Jesus Christ. When you go to that voting booth, you do exactly as He tells you. You do exactly as He says. And we do need to pray and all those things, but our identity is in Christ. Let's go to the next one. First Corinthians 2.14, The natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Everybody see that? That's why people think you're crazy. How many of you sometimes... Watch the news and think they've all lost their mind. They have. But they think we have. The natural man doesn't receive things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So here's the next one. Uh he helps you discern things of the Spirit and help you discern truth. How many of you think we need to be able to discern truth in this hour? We had a parent meeting with the six twelve students the other night, and I told them, Listen, we're we're partnering our goal is partnership with you. Please do not abdicate. Um, the 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 pastoring of your family to us god 's model is parents as pastors don 't shout me down because what I said is absolutely true that 's god 's model parents as pastors so we 're partnering with you and we understand the struggle because kids today are bombarded with all kinds of wrong information, just highly confusing culture that they're growing up in. I'm telling you, please, parents, be involved. Grandparents, be involved. Speak truth. Wash them with the Word. I don't care if they act foolish. Go back and remind them who they really are. Speak the truth over them. We live in a challenging time. And uh, as born-again Christians, we cannot let the world define love for us. Are you kidding me? the world's never met him love is a person god is love first john 4 says love is of god it's not of the world why would we let the world and politicians define what love is we know who love is we're taking our cues from him love's not of the world love is of god two more 1 Corinthians 2.15, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. I love that. So he forms you into a man or woman of the Spirit. And because you're of the Spirit, Paul's saying the world can't judge you properly. Why? Because they don't have the Spirit who himself is truth. So they can't judge you properly. Do you think the world can make a proper assessment of God? No. Can the world make a proper assessment of Jesus Christ? No, and we're witnessing it. They can't make a proper judgment because they don't have the Spirit. Can man make a proper judgment of this book by himself? No. Got to have the Holy Spirit. That's how the Crusades and all that madness happened. How does stuff like that happen? Man trying to make... Heads and tails of this book, apart from the author. That's why you always hear me say, "Don't just read the Bible as some kind of, you know, ritual or duty you you got to do. If you're going to read the Bible, sit with the author. If you're going to read with the Bible, read the Bible, sit with the author at the same time." The world cannot make proper judgments. I would even say, of what love is. Why? Because love is spiritually discerned. All right, last one. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. So the world can't properly judge you because they don't have the mind of Christ. They don't have the Spirit of Christ. And I love this one because He is the mind of Christ operating in and through you. How many of you sometimes think godly thoughts? Guess who you can thank for that? Holy Ghost. How many of you sometimes execute godliness? Guess who you can thank your partnering with? Holy Spirit. He's the mind of Christ operating in you and through you. Why is it better that I go away, Kyle? Because in is better than with. And He's in you both to will and to do. Whatever you tell Him, <laughs> His good pleasure. I love that. The Father's good pleasure. I mentioned last last week, Romans 8, 9. You were once controlled by the flesh, but now you're controlled by the Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13, The Holy Spirit is God's seal of approval, ownership, um, validation on you. And He's guiding you every day. Just listen to Him. He's writing on your heart and mind. The same finger of God that wrote on stone tablets... He's not writing on rocks anymore. He's writing on you. Yeah. It's the first uh, term of the new covenant. Every day the Holy Spirit's writing on you, your heart and mind, to guide you into all those plans, hear me, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of the heart of man. But he, the Spirit, is doing it. Scott, you can go ahead and come. Now, here's what I want you to do. <coughs> Excuse me. You guys sit in these passages. What we did is we covered 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. You sit in See what he reveals to you. Some of the stuff he'll probably confirm, that Brother Steve said, but he might give you some brand new nuggets that Brother Steve hadn't seen. All right, will you stand with me? Isn't He so good to us? Last one, Romans 8. I'll just give you the first part. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who don't walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Major assignment of Jesus was to deliver you the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of life in Christ Jesus is the force of God at work inside you. That's so much better than the law of sin and death, which is written on rocks. And here you are as a human being, carnal, dead in your flesh, looking at the instructions thinking, I hope I can do it. You You got set free from that. Because the lawgiver now lives inside of you. And that's what it is to be a, a new covenant Christian. We talk a lot here about living under God's new covenant economy. See right here, we put it on a banner. <laughs> Around here, we relate to God through the new covenant. There's this is a great passage for New Covenant believers. There is a law at work in our members, but it's Him. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death and duty and obligation and trying hard and hoping we can do it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, thank You for this morning. Thank You. Holy Spirit, thank You. If If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Steve, I've never been born again. I've never received the life of Christ's Spirit. I've never received Him. But today I want to And I want to act upon the fact that He has cleansed me to the degree that He wants to live inside of my heart. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and say, Brother Steve, pray for me. I want to receive Christ's life inside today. Anybody? I want to receive the Spirit of the life of Christ. Anyone? Young people? Anybody? Thank you, Father. How many of you as the gathered church would say, well, Brother Steve, I am a child of God. But boy, I tell you, I want to have the grace of God just at work within my heart and mind, partnering with my willingness to live by the law of the Spirit every day. I want to live by the law of the Spirit of life that's at work in me. If that's you, would you slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Thank you, Brother. Amen. Several. Father, right now in Jesus' name, all over this room. Thank you for the grace to live this out. Lord, thank you for the grace, the Holy Spirit of grace that reminds us that we're to live under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That because of Him, there's no condemnation. We're free from the law of sin and death and separation. We're free from that law at work against us. And now, Lord, fully yielded. Oh, amen. Fully yielded to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We love you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen.